welcome to the Canaan Bound Podcast, episode number 43. My name is Philip Wells, and I will be your host for this episode. We begin today with Freedom in Christ with Pastor Mark Falk. Galatians 3, 1-5 Idiot! You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by observing the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? After beginning with the Spirit, are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort? Have you suffered so much for nothing, if it really was for nothing? Does God give you His Spirit and work miracles among you because you observe the law or because you believe what you heard? NIV 1984 Deborah gives Raymond. You know, everybody loves Raymond. One of those looks. You can almost write the script. Idiot. Raymond usually richly deserves the title. We will leave for some far distant day. Hollywood's penchant for portraying, portraying all men as buffoons and self-centered slobs. Often we are. We expect such language in a modern sitcom, idiot. But do we expect such an epithet, epithet from God's apostle? You foolish Galatians is not far removed from idiot. What would cause such a barrage of words? Is this even godly language? Many a pastor goes home from a counseling session and bites his tongue. He deals with decisions made by the sheep that defy rational explanation, much less a spiritual source or life. With a little introspection and a dash of honesty, very few of us sinners, and that includes pastors, can survey a life where our own stupidity is not our biggest obstacle to success, to faith, to spiritual life, to joy, real joy in the gospel. As the cartoon or comic once uh, said, we have found the enemy and they are us. That's Pogo. But what is it that lights Paul's fire and flows to his quill? Is it financial folly? Is it selfishness that has destroyed a once blessed marriage? Is it even teenage rebellion? Is it a foul mouth in an otherwise holy saint? None of these, though all are sins. The Galatians have deserted the freedom and joy of the gospel for the legalism of a heaven obtained by human effort. Now let us state from the outset that God desires a godly life. Love for neighbor, love for the one who bought us with blood, a life guided by the clear words of the word, a civil tongue, hard work, obedience to the authorities of the state, submission to the leaders, pastors of the church who are his faithful witnesses and servants. All this is true, and much, much more. When we fail to live a holy life, we fail to keep his will, and we fail a lot. This is precisely why Paul, once the most obsessive Pharisee of his age, has been led to see the futility of salvation by human effort. The Boy Scout path does not lead to heaven. 
the Galatians have gone back to the rules and regulations of the Old Covenant, the Old Testament, to days and seasons, to a strictly regulated diet and a dress code that would be very hard to obey in our day. All of this is okay, sort of like voluntarily denying ourselves some food or pleasure during Lent, as long as the Galatians realize that none of this advances them or us one single step towards our heavenly goal. Paul asks some pointed questions. The Holy Spirit has been active with his gifts among these Christians. How did that come to be? By observing laws? No. The Spirit has worked faith in Christ. With that faith, he has come into their hearts and lives. There is no other way. Every man-made religion and most of the heresies, the false teachings in the visible church, replace Christ with some version of a good life, obedience to God's principles, a life of love, etc., etc. But all of these are empty attempts, dry wells, dead-end roads. Christ and faith in his doing, dying, and rising, these are the gifts of the Spirit. These bring life. Through these, the Spirit makes a home in believing hearts, and all sorts of blessings follow. Paul called the Galatians foolish. Luther spoke to the foolish people of Wittenberg. Maybe the simple word idiot would be fitting in our day for anyone who abandons the freedom of faith in Christ for an obsessive life of law. Have you noticed something? Whatever the question the answer almost always come back, comes back to Christ. May your eyes focus more on Him than on yourself. Don't be an idiot. Next up, Pastor Aaron Nitz gives us a moment with the Master. Greetings. The Word of God that I'd like to share with you today is from the book of Isaiah, chapter 6, verses 6 and 7, which read, Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphs flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin atoned for. There's a certain comfort in the past, isn't there? We know it. We've been there. We've been through it. Uh, the past really can't change, can it? Anniversaries are nice because we can celebrate the past. This year, here at uh, St. Mark's in Bemidji, we are celebrating 40 years of sharing the gospel. But what about the future? We don't know it. We haven't been there. We haven't been through it. And it can change everything, right? It can be easy for us to dread the future and just try to survive. In this text that I read, God called Isaiah to his service. What will the future hold? Then he saw God. 
high, exalted, towering over all, sitting on his throne, king over all things, almighty, holy, just. And Isaiah gave himself up as lost, ruined, destroyed. Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined. He, a sinful human, could not stand in the presence of the holy God. But then God did something. He atoned for his sins. He took away his guilt. He forgave him with a future yet yet certain sacrifice of his son Jesus. And that's the God who takes us into the unknown future. He's not only the everlasting, almighty, sovereign ruler of all, he's also the compassionate, gracious, and forgiving God that we desperately need. Could anything give us more confidence as we head into the future than to have that Lord with us? I'm facing the future with confidence because of my Lord and what he's done for me, just like you. May the Lord bless you on your day. Bye. Next, Chris Dreisbach shares with us Wait from his album, Jesus is the Man. you spent some time in God's waiting room? Have you cried with David? How long? Have you been like Jacob, wrestling in prayer? Have you emptied your heart in a song? Wait for the Lord when He hides His face. Waited so long for a child. Isaiah waited on a vision of Christ, and Job just waited to die. Wait for the Lord when He hides His face. When you have to go on and live by faith, He'll give you the strength, He'll show you. Centuries rolled for the promised Messiah to come. Wait for the Lord when He hides His face. When you have to go on and live by faith, He'll give you the strength. 
join Pastor Timothy Smith with God's Word for You. God's Word for You, Job 13, verses 13 to 19. We're continuing to listen to Job's reply to his three friends. Keep silent and let me speak. Then let come to me what may. Why do I put myself in jeopardy and take my life in my hands? Remember that Job has already admitted that he is a sinful man, but his Friends have been accusing him of some secret sin that he's not owning up to, for which God is punishing him. What chance, Job wonders, what chance would I have if I were guilty of something like that before God? I'm willing to face him. These men know about, you know, the flood, and some of the older men may well have seen the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. They knew or could well imagine what it meant to fall into the hands of God as he punishes wickedness. Verse 15. Though he slay me, yet I will hope in him. I will surely defend my ways to his face. The Hebrew of the first half of this verse suffers from the distance of time. The comforting in him, which in Hebrew is pronounced low, is a more disturbing not, also pronounced low in the main text. Although an ancient Hebrew tradition from scribes calls it a kurei, which means read it this way. Uh, they, they put that in the margin to tell us that the word low in him is not to be understood. The difference lies in which vowel letter, is it aleph or vav, is used, but the words sound the same. The difference must be determined by the context. Here the second half of the verse shows us what is truly on Job's mind. Not to be slain by God, but rather the hope that Job has, which, dead or alive, is, uh, is to defend himself before God face to face. Even here, the textual question does not really change our understanding of the text nor the theology of the book. Of the thousands of such textual questions in the Bible, more than 95% of them deal with the spelling of proper names. And of the rest, the meaning of the Bible remains the same. God's word is truly a remarkable and a priceless gift to mankind. Now this passage stands as a foretaste of Job's great Redeemer's song, Job 19, 23-27. Job is unafraid of earthly death. He knows that there is a place in eternity, a place that includes him. So listen again to what he said. Though he slay me, yet I will hope in him. I will surely defend my ways to his face. Luther dipped into this passage many times as a source of hope and faith, both here and also later on uh, in Job 19. He was talking about Job this verse, Job 13, 15, when he said this, Even if he slays me, even if he kills me, I will hope in him. For these are words of faith, hope, and love toward God and one's neighbor. No matter how much the world and its princes rage, nevertheless, they will not drive out of me confidence in God once it has been attained. Satan shall not make things so sour for me, much less the Turk, The Ottoman Empire was expanding beyond Greece into Transylvania and Hungary in Luther's lifetime and was approaching the Austrian border. Luther goes on, To be sure, they can take away this life or property, wife and children, likewise good health, but I will hope in God forever. 
verses 16 to 19. Indeed, this will turn out for my deliverance, for no godless man would dare come before him. Listen carefully to my words. Let your ears take in what I say. Now that I have prepared my case, I know I will be vindicated. Can anyone bring charges against me? If so, I will be silent and die. The word for deliverance in verse 16 is Yeshua. It's the root of the name of Jesus. The Lord saves or the Lord delivers. Job knows that he will have deliverance. He asks his friends to listen up because he's confident. He has faith that he will defend himself before God in their hearing. Job's call, can anyone bring charges against me, is very much like the call from the Lord's servant in Isaiah 50. Who then will bring charges against me? This kind of language might have been a standard opening for a certain kind of courtroom trial with the accused or his counsel opening the proceedings. Can anybody bring charges against me? Job is saying these things for the sake of his companions. He needed them to see that this was a spiritual matter that went deeper than they ever dreamed. They already heard him say that he wished he were never born. Now he is saying that he is willing to risk death to show them that his faith is grounded in the truth. Job lived too early to know the name of Jesus personally, but he knew that the meaning of Jesus' name, the Lord saves, applied to him. It applies to us too. Our salvation, our rescue from sin, is in Jesus alone. And in his name, I'm Pastor Tim Smith. This is God's word for you. We end our time together with a song by Koine, Lo, He Comes with Clouds Descending, from their album Emmanuel Lux.
You shall reign and you alone. You have been listening to the Canaanbaum Podcast, episode number 43. This podcast was first shared in October of 2013. We thank the artists for sharing their music with us this week. You can find links to their music and other musicians at CanaanBoundPodcast.com. Once again, my name is Philip. It was a privilege to be your host for this episode. We encourage you to visit Wells.net to find a ministry location near you. Thank you for listening. (laughs) 